Hello there, you crazy psychopaths. I don't know if that's true, but I assume if you clicked on this that you're mental. Straight up crazy. Welcome. Thank you. This is the first episode of How Am I Doing with yours truly, Kyle Joseph Hickey. I'm very excited to do this. This is an exciting project for me. I've never done my own podcast, and I'm 30 now, so it's time to take things serious and have a podcast. Oh, God. Eh, Saying it out loud puts it into perspective. I think being an adult is starting in wildly unsuccessful podcast. What this podcast is aiming to do is I'm going to be interviewing uh, interesting people, and I'd like to learn more about them and how they got to the places that they are in their field of work and activity. Uh, That thing interests me, and a lot of times you don't know what to do if you're in that field or, or if you're looking to get into that field. I know for me in comedy, I didn't know what I was doing. It was a just a trial and error sort of thing and Peter White oddly enough wow what a segue Peter White is my first guest um, on how am I doing and he was a great guest we had a wonderful conversation Peter is from Halifax as well well not from there but he he moved there and he was one of the top dogs when I started comedy in Halifax and he really helped me along in writing jokes and uh, showing me the ways of eating garlic fingers Good God, go on the road with that guy, and you see just what sort of a monstrosity of a meal that guy can put down. It's bad influence, but at the same time, mmm, so delicious. He doesn't like donairs. I always go donairs, and he'll just dummy like a large garlic finger. My girlfriend loves it, going on the road. She's a cheese and bread person, and she fits in just fine with Peter White. (laughs) Just ripping him up. No, Peter's great. He is a successful comedian uh, and writer. He's written for such shows as This Hour is 22 Minutes and uh, That's So Weird. We didn't even talk about That's So Weird, and I meant to bring it up because That's So Weird was a kid's show, and Peter actually did warm-up for them. If you don't know what warm-up is, it's when a a comedian comes out and tells jokes before the show starts and get them going. So warming up a group of children just sounds like the worst thing to me. Like, how do you even make jokes that they like? Like, I assume you just, like, hit yourself over the head with a skateboard. They yell fail and laugh, and then you put on YouTube clips. Like, to keep their attention. Ugh. Sounds like a nightmare. Either way, Peter is great. He spends half of his time in Toronto, half his time in England... And he's doing quite well for himself. He's done the Halifax Comedy Festival, the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, and he uh, participated in Just for Laughs Homegrown um, years ago. I was very happy and pleased that Peter agreed to do this, and I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. I know that I certainly did. And uh, this is being recorded in my my apartment, and it's stinking hot right now because I can't open the window because I'm recording this. So if I open it, you're just going to hear several Portuguese men screaming at each other over a parking space, presumably. I don't know if that's true, but I live in little Portugal, and there's often Portuguese men arguing. It's great. It's wonderful. Uh, So here is my conversation with Peter White uh, as well. Oh, I'm just, I'm so scatterbrained. I've, I've not eaten sugar for like six days. I'm off the sugar. So now, instead of having sugar, I just, uh, I just 
forget everything. No, it's not that bad. I just have only had one coffee today, and it's already 5 o'clock, and I'm slowly fading away. So thank you for listening. If you are listening, please subscribe, uh, rate it, and make sure that you uh, tune in next time when I have even more things to say. All right. Listen up. likes you yeah that's a that's a good thing i'm with him for a lot of years they better at least give me two non-tang sets a week yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i guess so spoiled yeah um you're from halifax but well you know you grew up in new glasgow voted again this year uh worst place to live in canada was it actually three of the last four years yeah it just came out great pizza though great pizza. you think pizza would at least get them out of that bottom spot you'd think so they did uh i saw in the news they were doing interviews with people from new glasgow being like, what do you think of this? Yeah. And they're all like, I can't believe this has got to be one of the top 20 places. And you're like, no. It's no, crazy. see, that's a person who's never left there before. Exactly. And, and he was a guy from Cape Breton, too, being interviewed. He was the one I think said it should be top 20. Oh, How God. How could it not be top 20? <laughs> I mean, yes, when you're from Sydney, Cape Breton, it's going to seem like paradise. Yeah. How something in Cape yeah. Breton? You know what? There's a lot of crap places in, in Cape Breton that are way worse than New Glasgow. You know, New sure. Glasgow is pretty bad. For those who have never been there, we did a show there in the, uh, in the wintertime. And the weekend before we did a show, there was a band called the Red Hot Chili Peckers. <laughs> we got bumped. We got bumped for the Chili Peckers. We couldn't compete at the time with the red hot chili peckers and it wasn't even like a cover band it's like a tribute band now there's a difference between a cover band and a tribute band a tribute band dresses like the people yeah so the guy was dressed like anthony fucking Kiedis. but he was so fat oh he was fat <laughs> and <laughs> older like and Kiedis is at least like kind of cooler as an old man this guy was just like a dad you know this like, guy does not have the eight pack that <laughs> has. yeah yeah nor the cool drug stories oh and he had those like fingerless gloves that uh, Anthony Kiedis wears. The long ones, too. Yeah. Like they looked like the... they were socks, though, and you just cut, like, the, the fingers out of the, <laughs> the toes out. The ones that kind of might look all right if you're 19 and cool. Yeah. But if you're, like, a 38-year-old dude who's, like, an accountant oh, during the day. Buddy, it's not then... cool. You're jumping around for, like, 80 of your friends singing Give It Away Now. I remember we got the email because we were supposed to do a show on the Friday. That's why I wanted to do it. And they got the email back saying the Chili Peckers were going to be there instead. And we can't just like didn't even explain who they were. Just said the Chili Peckers are here, so (laughs) like you'd know them. And it ended with uh, we can't bump them because quote the Peckers are a pretty good draw. No, they're called the Peckers. Peckers, which you can't say. This is how you can't even call them the Peppers. You don't even call them the Chili. It's like the Chili Peppers. They just call them the Chili Peckers. Maybe the close friends call them the Peppers. I don't know. I haven't been that close (laughs) to them, but they can't say the local radio is so conservative in Glasgow. You can't say Chili Peckers on the air. So they have to call them the band that can't be named. Oh my god. Which, That's a draw though. That's better. I would much rather see the band that can't be named. I would take I would take a random band where I know nothing about them above the Chili Peckers. Oh, Just of course. Any band, you name it. I don't know what the band is. Yes. So you moved from Anaganish to Halifax for school, specifically. No, you uh, you went from New Glasgow to Anaganish. Yeah. Went to school yeah. and then moved to Halifax for what? Uh, work? The rest of school. You only do the oh, you went years. Dalhousie yeah. and graduated from Dalhousie. Went to Dal Tech, bud. Played the Dal Tech basketball team. You played for them. Buddy, played a little university ball, not unlike yourself. What position? Played small, called bench. 
You you didn't get a lot of time. I got. Uh, it was so funny because I was fat by that point. Okay. I gained, yeah, it's that cafeteria food. I got fat as fuck in the first two years of college. Fifty pounds first year. Yeah, I probably would have been. No, I was thirty at least. Thirty thirty five. Yeah. Like to put on that many years. Oh year man, it was wild. And you were playing on the team at that point. Yeah, I well, was I was playing, but I wasn't playing. Right. Like I was taking in Your way too many calories, and then I would uh, not get in in the games. So Saturdays and Fridays, I basically didn't play. So I just practice yeah. like during the week, and oh, it was awful. I didn't. You knew nothing about nutrition at that time. Yeah. Like I remember getting instead of fries, I thought clams were a healthy option. <laughs> Deep fried clams. Deep fried clams. <laughs> I would get like you know a hamburger and a side of deep fried clams and dip it all in mayonnaise. Take that potato out, that yeah. horrible unhealthy potato. Of course, for some frozen <laughs> clams. Clam. God damn it! Knew nothing. Just That's thought it was protein. Beautiful. Oh man. Yeah, and the late night pizzas and stuff like this. Oh yeah, we were bad for that. The meal hall closes at six or whatever it was, like yeah. six or seven. What are you gonna not eat? You and I was in an environment where like if you weren't eating, you were a pussy too. Like everything was done in. Uh, excess in my in my university like living days like if you drank yeah. and you weren't drinking you were a pussy if you weren't uh, gonna get like late night pizza you were a pussy i remember shooting around you made you a pussy like really yeah i was just i was in a door i was in the same room as a guy who just thought it was like about partying and, and right. fucking girls and just what like, are you not fucking pussy yeah yeah exactly i'm like well i, I mean i i would l- like to <laughs> to just I, i'd like them to also like to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, listen, call me old fashioned, but I'm anti rape. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to sit that. this one out. Uh, so um, you went uh, and you played basketball for Dow Tech for two, two small years? Small college. No, I played. Uh, I didn't play until my last semester. Okay. I didn't even Last semester? Yeah. You could just way, jump on halfway through it. Through it. Believe it or not, the Dalhousie <laughs> Engineering School didn't have that top lineup. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, it was a tough one to make. Yeah. I think there was, uh, I think 14 people tried out and 13 people made the team. And the only guy got cut because we all hated him. Wow, it was just like a team vote. Yeah. yeah okay, we just, all hate Ben. Yeah. So uh, I went in and uh, we played a few warm up games against teams that were not even good enough to be in that division. Like we played the, a couple of community college teams. Oh jeez. And uh, I lit them up because I was fat. Like okay. a few threes. Yeah. So you were? They were like, "I'll take him," yeah. thinking that you weren't gonna you weren't gonna do anything. And they were all like. I don't want to stereotype community college, but discipline usually isn't number one <laughs> um, the reasons you got to community college. Right. So they didn't play defense or anything. Yeah. So I just opened, just bombed. I hit like four or five threes the first game, and the coach was all excited. Like, oh, I, I didn't score a basket the rest of the year. Right. Because as soon as somebody played defense. I remember I started the first game, and it was like 30 seconds in. I'm like, I shouldn't be here. This is not. And you started looking shape. for your shot, like, you know, because, like, you, oh, you had a good game. So you're like, well, he trusts me. And they you start fought. slinging a couple. Yeah. They were all so excited. Like, oh, I was going to hit a bunch of threes all year. And I remember we won the tip, and I got the ball, and I think it got taken from me immediately. Like, oh. I turned to dribble, and the guy was already <laughs> gone. And I was like, oh, I can't. Oh, okay. This so was guys, too easy. You guys were trying. <laughs> yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and we were playing, I think we were playing the Mount or something. It was, like, the best small college team. And yeah, the Mount it was always pretty solid. Which is a dumb thing to be, the best small college team. Yeah, and they take themselves so serious, too. I remember that program. Well, the guy who coached Mount is now the coach at Dow. And he really, really, yeah, he he took it fucking serious. I had some friends who played for them. But they were always good. They always blew King's College out by 60. Because, like, the King's College, like, everyone else stunk. Like, just the Mount was just steamrolling. We were playing, like, the teams in the league were King's College... Uh, the Agricultural College in Truro. Oh, yeah. Uh, University de Moncton. They know the soil. The French one. Like, it was just all these shitty teams. Yeah. It was awful. When did you... Did you start comedy during university? 
start comedy. Yeah, I was on an internship in Calgary, and I hated everything. You were living in Calgary. I was living in Calgary for four months. Oh, I lived. Jesus. I did a, a term in like northern Alberta first, which was just death. It was uh, in Bonneville, Alberta, which is an eighteen-hour bus ride from Calgary. Oh my god! Uh, so it was like it's big oil company. Forget how big man. this fucking country is. It's dumb, man. You're like, like ah, it's in the same province. Yeah. Oh shit! Eighteen hours <laughs> north. Hours yeah. So they flew me in, and we did like five days of training in Calgary, which is great. We're up in this nice hotel and shit. And they were just like, well, you got to go to your assignment now. 18 hours on a bus. This autistic kid behind me wouldn't stop yelling. Oh, jeez. You can't say anything, Pete. Can't. Can't say a thing. <laughs> asked a lot of questions. <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, then I was in Calgary, and uh, uh, I was in this apartment, that, this huge, beautiful apartment, because the oil company's paying for it. So I was in, like, this, whatever, $1,600 a month apartment or something I couldn't afford that was sold to me. Uh, the lady was showing it to me. She goes, uh, I don't want to drop names or anything. But do you know who lived here before you? Nicholas Campbell. You're going to have to elaborate. Yeah, <laughs> she was this like, is probably why you don't usually name drop. She was like, yeah, it's like you don't know how to do it. You have yeah, to drop yeah. a name that you're people terrible know. terrible at it. <laughs> I don't want to name drop, but old Lee Evans <laughs> used to uh, drink from this fountain. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, Nicholas Campbell turned out to be a star of TV's Da Vinci's Inquest. Okay, and which again... Is not a reason to take no. an apartment, but I took it. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> nice. I wasn't paying for it. Yes. It was great. It had like a big U-shaped couch in the living room, and the mattress fit right in the middle of it. I made some wicked forts. Oh, yeah. When I was 20, it was too old to be making forts. But yeah, too, of course. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, there I was bored. I had no internet or anything. And uh, I just wanted to get out of this job because I realized I hated it. It was like my first work experience. It was terrible. And I was just bored. For some reason, I thought I could do stand-up. I don't know why. And so every day for like two or three months. Were you I was, the funny guy? I guess, but I wasn't really. Yeah. Like, I uh, I could yeah. write funny things. Like, I, I in high school, I got to be student council president just by making a funny speech. Uh, like, that kind of shit. I could yep. do that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, every day I would write. For some reason, every day I would write and watch Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Because uh, I only own, like, three DVDs. And there was no real internet or anything. And that was a cool movie so, to like, too. I loved it. I was obsessed with Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah. Still, yeah, big fan. So, I, and also, it was just, it was nice to have something on that I could watch. But I knew well enough that I wouldn't distract me, mm -hmm. so I could just be thinking otherwise. Anyway, whatever, bullshit. So I wrote for like two months, I wrote a bunch of jokes, and then I went down to an amateur night uh, just to see it. This is in Calgary? This is in Calgary. Where, the where was the amateur night? Okay. Uh, which is in the Blackfoot Inn. It's the Laugh Shop now. Who was hosting? Who's hosting? I don't know who's hosting. Name drop. Hosting. Was it Nick Campbell? Nicholas Campbell was closing <laughs> and emceeing. Uh, I don't remember who was there when I went to watch. Oh, Mike Damber was headlining okay. when I first went to He's see it. He's a funny it. guy. Uh, yeah, it really uh, shocked me because he did that uh, pickle thing that I thought was hilarious, and then I saw him do it again. And I was like, "Oh, same thing." He did uh, he terrible. did that at a show I did in Edmonton, and he was hosting. I was like, "This is fucking incredible yeah. riffing." <laughs> and then uh, and he's selling t-shirts afterwards that say "I'm with pickle" or something. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that oh, was what wow. shattered it for me. Yeah, it's like, oh, you had a t-shirt prepared. Did you make this? <laughs> Wait, a he texted someone on stage. This doesn't add up. Yeah. Uh, so I went and watched it, and it was just awful. Like, it was just... I assume, assume everybody's experience. We go to their first open mic, and you're like, I can't be worse than this. Yeah. I could be bad, but this is bad. Yeah. So, the way they ran it back then is you signed up, and... Not always uh, true, though. Sorry? Not always true. Some people watch, and they're like, I'm better than all of them. And yeah. Then, and then all of a sudden, you're on stage, and you're like, oh, no, no. I, <laughs> I'm very bad. I'm very bad at this. Turns out this is hard. But I, I never have faith in myself. Yeah, yeah. Anymore. And, and so you're a confident guy, and... 
No, the opposite. You just, weren't confident? It was, uh, that's how bad it was. Oh, wow. I was like, I don't think I'm good at this, but I think I can be better than some of these people. Just because they're that bad. Uh, so the way it works, you had to go watch the amateur night, and then you signed up afterwards, and they drew spots. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, well, I got an out. Like, I'll sign up, and then my name won't get picked, obviously. And then that'll be the end of this foolishness. And But so I got a spot, so I had to come back and do it. And uh, a guy named Ken... Oh, God, what's his name? was hosting Ken something... Uh, I'm gonna say this would be mean, but he looks retarded. Uh, well, it came off real mean. <laughs> he looks mentally challenged. <laughs> All right. That's a little, a little bit funny. He was very funny, but he looked mentally challenged. Right. And the headliner was Damon Schritter, I believe. Okay. Which uh, is fun. Uh, and so I just went thinking that it would go poorly, and I'd never do it again. I didn't tell anybody, or I didn't. Nobody knew I was doing it. Nobody mm-hmm. knew me in the city. It was the day before. I That's left. nice. The anonymity uh, of being in a different city would be good. Oh, You're like, you know, but but. At the, yeah, I had friends come out and support, so it was like, I, I knew I could get laughs from them, yeah. but it, the the rest were a real question. Yeah, yeah. You did, I was there your first night, you did well. Were you actually? Yeah, yeah the first night, I remember seeing you the first night. I Andrew, remember... Andrew Albert was hosting. Sounds about right. Cunt. It was uh, in Yucks, right? Uh, yes, it was, yeah. yeah. This isn't about me though, Pete. Let's not. <laughs> well, this now, let's, <laughs> let's turn it into I didn't mean to uh, bring it to that. But, still about me because I was there. I saw it. And yeah, yes. you were friends. And we all thought you were the popular frat boy and you just disappeared. Yeah. And I remember uh, I didn't know you were supposed to hang out in the back. Yeah. So uh, I'm just in the middle and they call my name and I like price is right. It's, you know, <laughs> you're like, you're squeezing through people and it's just, you're like, everyone's like, oh, this guy is just trying it out for the first time. Like, obviously, he doesn't even know where to go. Yeah. And then Andrew Albert went on stage and was like, hey, man, like next time, just go to the back. That's where you hang out. So I just went to the back thinking, like, all the comedians were going to high-five me. <laughs> think, like, I was just all of a sudden going to have a tattoo of that I was a comedian with everybody else. Yeah. It's a strange thing to hop into. You, But you you were good early. That You got things uh, early. You, you started being successful early. And I think that's also partially uh, due to your work ethic and your uh, ability to get things done. Well, a lot of it was timing. Mm-hmm. Because in Halifax, there was nobody really. Ginger's was going on at the Ginger's time. Ginger's was going. Paul Ash and the comedy dog. <laughs> the doggies. The dags. Uh, yeah. Just tiptoe through this. When I first started, it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah. Mike McQueen and Thompson had just left. Right. And it was bad. Like, it was... Well, I remember we first went to watch an amateur night in Halifax. I took my girlfriend at the time. And we went to watch one. And it was like eight people in the audience or something. And it was, I think, Gerard mm. Farmer headlined. Ooh, buddy, uh, that's G. Hodges now. G. Hodges, oh, Jesus fucking Christ. So, Get your damn hand off your face, Pete. We went in. We went in. Uh, is that what the, that was supposed to be? Yeah. I thought you were doing a yeah. uh, Mike Danver impression. No, no. Uh, I'm I can't not that I got funny. this new beard and I can't stop touching it. Yeah, you're loving it. Um, what the fuck am I talking about? Yeah, yeah, first night I went in. First night I went in with my yes. girlfriend. We went in to watch it. And uh, when we left, the first thing she said to me was like a quiet walk to the car. And the first thing she said to me was, uh, if you're that bad, we're never going back again. <laughs> you didn't do a spot that night? No, I went and watched it. Went you just spot. wanted to see what the scene looked like? Yeah. I made contact with, because no, I didn't know where to find any in Halifax. There's no club or anything. Right. So I Googled Comedy Halifax, and what came up was, I don't think I've ever told him in the story. What came up was uh, Davy Kemp's radio show. Uh, Davy Kemp was a comedian for a cup of coffee there. Okay. Uh, his big closer was his Matrix impression, where he put on a leather coat and uh... lean backwards. I've heard the uh, tale. Yeah, so uh, I don't know where he's at now, playing stadium somewhere. Um, <laughs> Matrixing so, yeah. for just stadiums. Oh, so bad. And everyone's uh, screaming through the Matrix. Guy, but just, 
it was, and it was like this was ten years after the Matrix came out. Yeah. Um, so he was running a radio show at uh, Dow, uh, called the Comedy Spot, which was vaguely about stand-up comedy. And so I actually emailed him to be like, "Do you can I co-host this radio show with you?" So like I just needed just something. looking for an outlet. Just was so bored with my life. Yeah. Just needed something. And because uh, I was like, I don't know any stand up in the city, I just want to. And you're an engineer up. at this point. I'm an engineer. I'm doing. I'm working as a uh, computer. Were like people a, yelling nerd at you? They should have been. Okay. Yeah. I was getting so fat, man. I was uh, working as a fucking as a computer programmer, <laughs> and so just every day you're sitting in this office, and I remember just walking to work, and I'd buy like a liter of Pepsi and like five of those giant licorice things for the morning. Just Jesus. I'm so depressed, man. Those big fat grape ones. Dude, you I'm need to watch that. I, I've not eaten sugar for the last four days. I'm off it completely. Oh, nice. uh, I watched that damn documentary on Netflix. Yeah, and it's bad, man. It's bad. It leads yeah. to a lot of a lot of bad things, and to just put solely that in your body and expect it to not crash or for you to not feel bad, especially <laughs> like mood wise, like physically, like that's a tough thing. Sorry, I digress. No, no. But uh, no, I just uh, went. I did four weeks of the sugar in England. Wow, good for you. Yeah, and it is not easy. Did you drop LBs? Uh, yeah, I did. Mm. I did. I quit pot for that stretch. Oh, which wow. Which makes it a lot easier to quit <laughs> sugar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Have you tried it without pot? It's the worst. <laughs> yeah, what's the point of eating this? Yeah, shit? it's so sugary. You feel like a kid. It's just dumb. <laughs> I'm not a baby. Uh, so that, yeah, I'm hoping to get back on that plan. Um, I don't remember what the hell we were talking about. Oh, yeah, so David Kemp hooked me up with uh, where the show was. Yeah, you were and, depressed uh, and you needed an outlet and you were looking for uh, to be David Kemp's sidekick in the Matrix. Yeah, so David Kemp said he'd introduce me to Paul Ash, which Took the I blue thought pill. would make a big, uh, you know, big connection to oh, that point. Oh, that's so great. Early on, you just think you're wheeling and dealing and you got your foot in the door because you're in front of the dogs now. Uh, and I remember, I remember doing the show and uh, uh, everybody's back. Like myself included, everybody was yeah. awful. And I remember uh, going, okay, you know, that was okay. And asking Paul, like, do you, you know, do you think I can get back on here sometime? He was like, come back anytime. <laughs> For the love of God, bring people. Here. Just show up, you idiot. I don't know it's either me talking things. to no one or you coming down and talking with me. And it was weird at that time. It was weird that time in Halifax because there was no way to be, like, there was no next step. Yeah, there was no. There's no one in the back of the room that you feel like can see you and help you. No, and like I didn't know, I didn't really know about clubs. There's no club in town. Like there's Mm -hmm. nothing you're working towards. Yeah. So it was kind of nice that way. Just everybody's doing it because they liked it. And I remember when I started, I would do. uh, I would do new material every week because I didn't know you weren't supposed to. Nobody tells you to keep doing the same shit. Yeah. Nobody there been doing it for more than eight days. Yeah, yeah. And my mom came to the second one I ever did in Halifax. And it was bad. Oh, really? It was bad. I remember mom told me years later, drunken. Mom goes, uh, I'm glad you're good now because you were really bad. <laughs> I think I might have been there when she said it. <laughs> a couple of rums deep uh, with old Nicky Beaton. A couple of diets and captains. Mom will, <laughs> mom will tell the truth. Yes. Turns out I sucked. But you just do. It's just impossible to not. You can't start good. Very yeah. few do. And I've actually come, I've always said that, and then I've seen guys uh just take off so early and you're like oh right some people but they tend to be like funny dudes anyway yeah and and just the stars align some people were just born to do what they do but for most people it's impossible you can't figure it out at home it's not guitar where you sit in your room and you and you practice a bunch and then you get on stage and you perform it's like okay well i'm gonna learn in front of all of you you're all gonna see me learn now and it's gonna be terrible for all of us. And I didn't think about. It. I was thinking about this the other day. Like when we go to open mics or mm-hmm. whatever to try new stuff, 
Like, the whole attitude of us is like, well, fuck this show. It's just an open mic. I'm just going to try new stuff. And it's yeah. Gonna suck. I never really thought of it as the people who co- actually go to see that show. Like, if someone found that in the paper, like, oh, there's a comedy show. Let's go down. Yeah. And it's just, like, 38 straight people not giving a shit about you. Yeah, yeah. And doing it all for themselves. It's got to be a shitty show to see. Dude, I recently was doing a show, a 120 Diner, and it was uh, very sparsely attended. This would have been a couple months ago. Yeah. And... Uh, everyone's just trying things out and riffing and I'm supposed to headline uh, for the, <laughs> those of you who didn't see those air quotes uh, so I go up and I'm just like talking to the audience there's like an audience of five people yeah. and I'm like uh, oh what brings you out and they're like uh, you and I was like what do you mean and they were like uh, well we're from Halifax and we saw you there and then we saw a Facebook ad that you were headlining this show <laughs> And we came down, and I'm like, oh, you poor sons of bitches. You, it was like a family, you know? Like, oh, they, no. the, they, their son liked me or something, like, saw me in a show and just came out. And they just had to sit there through, like, eight people oh. of various points in their career, yeah. just trying shit and asking them if they blow each other. Or you know, like, that <laughs> stupid young comic thing, too. It's like, uh, you guys still fucking? And you're like, oh, come on, man. They're the only people here. A dozen just, early 20s dudes trying to be edgy. Oh, it's so bad, Did you man. you blow your sister? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm a uh, straight white guy. Can't say that? No, it's just stupid. It's just out of anyone's mouth. Yeah, oh, it's bad, man. It's... So you started and you started getting uh, good quickly. You got... Uh, homegrown, good quickly. but I you got, got opportunities quickly. quickly. Yeah, you did the Halifax Festival. Very different than getting good quickly. Well, certainly. Okay, <laughs> yeah, well, I should rephrase that. Yes, you were getting please. things that would seem that you were doing good uh, yeah. in in your opportunities. You started writing for twenty two minutes. How long were you doing stand up at that point? Well, let me let's get to it. The, the first gig I ever did, the first professional gig, is a fun story. Okay. The first gig I ever please, yeah, for, okay. The first time that you've gotten paid is this? Uh, first time I got paid, please, uh, was I was three months in. Mm-hmm. I started in September, and this was early December. I got to do a Christmas party, uh, and I only got to do it because the dude was at Ginger's. <laughs> All right, a terrible show, and uh, so I uh, we made a deal. Me and this guy emailed me. We made a deal. I was going to do 15 minutes of this Christmas party for 150 bucks. First time I ever got paid. Uh, showed up in a suit with my own 150. Mic stand. Wow, 150. That's... Yeah. Uh, Your dad's suit? Did you say? It was my suit. It was my dad's tie. <laughs> right, I still make sure tie. Your father is something else. So, okay, tie. It was, I was supposed to have a work uh, Christmas party that night, too. So, I was like, I'm going to be late to the party, guys. I got a uh, big, big thing. Big, big gig coming on I here. I don't want to say or anything, but I'm doing uh, a show. Oh, Just man. keep backhandedly putting it into uh, conversations. And I, that was the worst part. I do 15 minutes. I died. Just died. Just nobody even pretending to pay attention. No, I'm sorry. This is a staff? This is a staff. Like a big one. It was in uh, in one of the hotels downtown Halifax. How many people Um, roughly? 150 maybe. Maybe 200. Dollar ahead. Okay. And uh, no stage. No nothing. No lights. Just Uh, me. Mike? I, there was a mic, and I brought my own mic stand because I was scared to take the mic out of the stand at that point. Uh, <laughs> you showed up to the gig with a fucking mic stand so on mic your shoulder? mic stand over my shoulder. I'm the comic. I'm here to tell you guys some jokes. <laughs> and I was dying so bad. The guy who booked me was trying to like positively heckle to make it be better, and there was no saving it. Do you remember a positive heckle that he said? Uh, he, I would tell a joke, and nobody would laugh, and he'd be like, yeah, I, yeah I'm like that, you know? Uh-huh. That's yeah. relatable. Uh, he was so embarrassed, and I was so embarrassed. And then I had to lug that mic stand over to my staff party afterwards. 
and have them all be like, so how was it? Like I talked hey, up big all Tom, week. When are you moving to LA? And I showed up with like my tie undone and just shirt untucked. Oh, just, just the flop sweats. Hated my drunk, shitty uh, programming coworkers. And I, you know, big time it the whole time, and now they're all just ripping the shit out of me. Oh yeah, it's just embarrassing. So that was my first big gig. It was like four months in. And you got Halifax yeah. Festival before 22, or you got 22 yeah. after Halifax Festival? I got Halifax Festival the first time, uh, probably a year and a half in. And how did you get it? You were just doing a show, and uh, um, the people uh, running the festival saw you? I guess, I think they did a showcase. I think that's what happened. At Gingy's? Did a, I think the club had just opened at this point. So, like, uh, I started in September. The club opened the following September. Uh, and so the April after the club opened is when I got to do the festival the first time. They did, like, a local one for CBC Radio with all us locals on it. Uh, you, Catherine, and... Uh... Me, Catherine wasn't there at that time, I don't think. Me, Little, uh, Millet. The Ashman? Uh, Ashman was there. Andrew Albert, I think, was around at this point. Okay. So all those boys. And then I got to do a TV spot as well. Uh, so that was my first TV one. Yeah, it looked good. Uh, I remember the it. first time I ever saw you was you doing your axe on a boat bit. Uh, oh, and the CBC. Yeah, that's before we had oh, introduced each other or anything like that. And can't believe who the heck? That. Who the heck does that though, Pete? <laughs> it's a good bit, man. Hey, here's oh. a uh, clearly useful item. One might just pretend that this is the whole bit was about how there was an axe on a boat, and I thought that was dumb for I, for reasons I can't even imagine now. Yeah. What are you gonna put a hole in the boat? You yeah, yeah, yeah. Case there's of fire a fire. Well, that's the, the the joke, you know, is that the, it's a fire axe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's where. It's oh, coming that's from. bad. It's classic. 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 Did you uh, get one episode out of that, Dandy? Did you get a? a yeah, couple? I just did one taping at the lower deck. So I think the lower deck, yeah. And then I think next year, the following year, I did it three years in a row. Second year, I think I did one taping as well. And the third year, I was supposed to do one taping. And then, like, last minute, they asked me to do two. And I didn't have that material. But I did it, and I bombed. Oh, really? Bombed bad on two TV shows. Oh, man, that's that's awful. To, to put yourself in that position and to feel very good and confident. And then yeah. for it, I, I had that happen recently doing an LOL. And I, uh, it's not that I did so bad, but I just had done a race here joke that they weren't happy about. And... Yeah. and and even like I wasn't killing and, and you're on stage and you know it you know like you're not delusional <laughs> yeah. you know that this matters and you know that like a joke falls a little flat or whatever uh, it's brutal yeah I yeah I had the same thing with an LOL this year too yeah, yeah oh yeah didn't didn't Sunday. go great uh... I was stupid enough I booked two within a month right and so the first one was it was okay but shouldn't have done it yeah you know what the, that that happens and it's uh a luck of the draw. I, I, I thought that they were like getting drunk, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stir the pot and do like erase your joke." Yeah. Thing, and then I forget that the CBC people uh, aren't, aren't exactly the the racy type. No, and the radio is worse than the TV, weirdly enough. Tr- yeah, it, it is certainly, yeah. certainly, it would seem like at least uh, they'll bleep like an f bomb and stuff if you're to a certain degree with Halifax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Winnipeg's even you can get away with anything. It's oh, really yeah? weird, yeah. You can't uh, swear, but right. radio is the, the other least. So you did Halifax, and then you got uh, 22, which is a great opportunity. You wrote for television early yeah. on. You got to be in a sketch. Uh, I think that's amazing. Not a lot of people get to do that early on. Not a lot of people get to write for TV, period. And for you to get it that early is pretty incredible. Yeah, it was lucky. It was lucky. I, I got it weirdly. I got it because... Uh, 
I was doing a show. Do you remember Erwin Barker? Did you ever meet Erwin? Yeah, I didn't meet him, but my God, what a funny, funny man. So good. So he was he had cancer, sadly, and yeah. he was doing a across uh, the country theater tour to raise money for cancer awareness. And so they're doing one in Halifax, and uh, it was a bunch of twenty minutes people and uh, a few other folks. And someone dropped out last minute, and they called me to do it, which was really cool i mean nice. no, no business being there <laughs> with all these you know it was like tim steves and Irwin and mark farrell was on it and mark farrell was the showrunner 22 at the time and uh yeah he just gave me a job out of that that's great weird so much right place right time you know well that's it i mean that's the thing the more you're into it the more you realize that what you do on stage is so little to do with right success you know? but it is about capitalizing on that chance and you obviously had a good enough set do you remember the the set no one pretty the set well was okay it wasn't amazing just like enough just, to it was enough that and he i think he liked me and just and you had, you got a writer's kind of jokes you know yeah like, they're all very they're, i have no charisma whatsoever it's all about <laughs> yeah. the joke you might as well just be reading them to be perfectly honest I don't were you doing the either. polar bear joke at that point no i think it was be- before that okay i was doing, I, I still doing that pei shit ah uh, trains probably ah uh, yes trains. that was a classic one i the guy asked me to do that recently in england really He's like, well, I think I think all people who really uh, relate to trains. So I saw a video where you doing train bit. Will you do that? I'm like, no, that was nine years ago. I don't remember. You wouldn't do it anymore. No, it doesn't work. It's not good. It's Has good. anyone else done that kind of? I imagine many yeah. people have done it. It's Maybe. not a, it's not a deep. Well, no, no but it was a really good, well, well crafted oh, joke I from my memory. Time. Yeah, remember you just think being... it's just foolproof. Yeah, when, when you know when you write one, you're like, well, this is better than anything else I've got. Yeah, this will make me famous. This joke. I remember uh, early on in my career, we were drinking at the uh, fireside as we used usually did when yeah. we were in Halifax, and I remember so confidently talking about another comedian and their joke and being like. That joke would kill anywhere. <laughs> and you were like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs> like, how can you even say that? You haven't been out of this probably, you know, like, you just feel like you know what everyone's going to yeah. like. And then all of a sudden you go out of the city and you, small town Ontario or like what? It's like a different feel sometimes. Like, there's so yeah. many different times that you got to have different things ready. It's not, the, the joke isn't going to fucking destroy everywhere. It's just probably not that bulletproof. For some people, maybe. The one that I claimed would Which kill everyone. Which was everywhere. it? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it was uh, Travis Lindsay's. Um, my mom uh, is uh, white, and my dad, like I'm half black and half white. Like yeah. my mom is white, and my dad, I don't know who he is, uh, or something like that. Like it was along right. those lines. Which kill a, a I Killed think here. well and it, it does <laughs> it's a good joke and like people white people laugh at it you know like yeah. it's got that response I don't know. No, I, no, but it is uh, interesting. I just can't believe that was my dick response to you. No, but it you was. No, you fucking. But what we were drinking, but it, it, but it was true at the same time. I was just talking out of my ass, like I knew yeah. what everyone thought was funny. Yeah, but why don't I let you? What, what, what am I gonna yell? Because at you all then about? I'll have an inflated ego, and then I'll be another one of these idiots. That's right. Um, I'd hate for you to be confident. Yeah, you don't want that. Not in this industry. <laughs> no, it's not important at all. Right, that's a hindrance. Oh, dude. How it's... long did you write for? Twenty-two minutes, uh, Peter. I wrote for. Because that's the, when you get hired, I got hired just for three weeks, like a, the tester. Right. Three weeks. And uh, then I got added on, I think I did almost the full season. Nice. Know, maybe 15 episodes or something. Get anything uh, on there? One sketch, only one sketch got made. And was, I hear it's tough. Yeah. And I'm not a sketch writer. I'd never written a sketch at that point. I don't know how to write sketches. I got a bunch of desk jokes on, because that's, I think that's the only reason I got kept around. Is cause right. I write. There wasn't a lot of stand-ups on at the time. 
so I, I could write jokes. They had a lot of good sketch writers at the time. They had one guy, he writes, um, right now he's writing for uh, Last Man on Earth, is that what it's called? With the, oh, um... What the fuck's his name? Will something? Will Arnett? Will Sasso? Will, no, 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 not Will Sasso. Will, maybe his name's not Will. Oh, Will Forte. Will Forte, Yes, yeah, yeah, I yeah. have not seen that, but yeah. Yeah, so he writes for that show now. Okay. He was amazing. Yeah. He did all the sketches. Between him and Critch, they did pretty much everything. Mm. And Dean Jenkinson, who works for Winnipeg Fest now. So there was no, it was hard to get sketches in. So I got a lot of desk jokes in. And I, I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't for me. It wasn't the whole Just the, the environment, the, the style, the... Yeah, it's really competitive. And it just, it wasn't, it wasn't fun. It was hard to write your own stuff afterwards. You know what I mean? You're writing for, what they told us is you're writing for a 40-year-old woman in rural Saskatchewan. Is right. who your target audience is. Yeah. And I don't have anything in common. I don't know what they do. I don't, like, I, I don't think they'd like me as a person. No, no. I don't think you got a lot of common interests. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if 40-year-olds from Saskatchewan like wheat, I assume. Yeah. But I don't really uh, know. Flat ground? Yeah, it's, uh, not the will to live. I don't, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> they're doing over there. Unhappiness? So it was a lot of writing for people I didn't know or like or care about. It was just, it was tough. And it was hard to write stand-up afterwards, you know what I mean? You write for eight hours a day forced. It's hard to go home and think of shit afterwards. Mm. So that was bad. And so the next year, I didn't get asked back. But they started this weird thing where um, you had to have a web presence as well. You had to have, like, a strong... the Whatever the governing body is in Canada, I can't remember, CRTC maybe, uh, demanded that every show has a second platform. Okay. So I got hired. To, it was the greatest job I've ever had. I got hired to write sketches for the internet. But there was no approval process for it. Wonderful. So it's just me, uh, my buddy Corey, who was a producer there, and cameraman, and one other writer, and we could just do whatever we wanted. Just taking the reins off. It was great. We never did anything good. Everything was shitty. Get that fucking Bodax sketch uh, on the air. Like the first thing we re- we shot was uh, that was right at the time if you remember those old LeBron James commercials where he took like three full court shots. Oh yes, in a row, right, right. Everyone was back. like, "Was that real?" Yeah. Which, yeah, of course. Like, yeah. So the first thing we shot, we just both played basketball every day. So we just shot, uh, I think, a Kathy Jones doing that for no reason. Didn't make any sense. Yeah. We are like, hey, we, we could shoot that. So yeah. it, was, it was the greatest shot. We just did that for a year, and then they canned it because it was shitty. <laughs> so I worked there for two <laughs> you years. You guys so. took it so serious. But uh, the web stuff was the greatest, man. The show was tough, but yeah, web was fun. That's great. And you've... Uh... Since moved to England, you're splitting your time currently, but you lived in England uh, from what time to what time? I moved there. 2013? January of 2012, I think, maybe? Shit. It's been like four years, almost five years, I think. Four God damn. So it's been a while. And how is that different from here? It's different. And that's a very broad question. I know. <laughs> sorry, well, we won't get into sorry the geography of it. Uh, yes, yeah, okay. It's but, a shitty place, life-wise. But... As far as showing up, and I can only relate kind of uh, as you can showing up in Toronto, and it's like a little different, but you yeah. know, you feel like the crowds you still kind of got a feel for. But being dropped in a completely different country, in a different continent, you know, yeah. like that's got to be a little frightening. Did you know people? Were like, how, how did you get in? I knew a few people. It was, it was, I didn't think about it before I moved, really. You, you know just I mean? said, fuck it. Yeah, I bought a ticket. I then... got some wordy jokes. Yeah, I just knew you got to get out of here. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, Canada's tough. Oh, God, yeah. So you got to yeah. go somewhere. And the visa was really easy to get for there. So I got a visa, and then I just, I didn't think about what it was going to be like until I was on the plane. And as I'm landing, I'm like, I guess I live in England now. Like, it's <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. So, for, man. It's probably the best that it happened when you showed up, though. You'd hate to have it, like, the day before, and you're just yeah. like, cancel your fucking 
flight or something stupid. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, you got there. So, so I, I get there and uh, I'm staying in a hostel, which is my first time doing that. With and just a bunch of random strangers? No, Dave Millet was there as well. Millet! So Millet is the one who hooked me up with it. And I've never hated a place more. That doesn't seem like a Peter White oh, kind of place. Dude. dude, I'm in this fucking room with six other dudes. One is a real creep. There's one Russian dude who doesn't leave the room. Like, doesn't. He goes downstairs and gets some food and takes it upstairs. He How does he get food in there? He takes it, he goes down to the bar. Oh, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> he used to get food. Yeah. But then he comes out and he's just doing weird shit all the time. Like, one day, I was only there for four days. One of the days, he just burned DVDs all day. <laughs> just all day. I was but, hoping you were going to say he was, like, growing potatoes downstairs, too, or something, so he didn't have to leave. But that would have been... Dude, there was a lot of coffee cups around. He might have had some shit growing. Burning DVDs. Burning DVDs. And the day I left, I was Do you think he was to... selling them? I don't know what he was doing, man. He, you I, didn't want I, to... I'm convinced he's a spy of some sort. He's a really <laughs> yeah. shitty spy. Yeah. Because one day, the day I left, he just got a box delivered there that was full of fucking uh, winter gear. Like gloves and hats and shit. It's 20 degrees outside. I go in there, it's nice. <laughs> the guy just got a box full of winter shit. I'm like, I'm, not, I'm done. I'm leaving. Like, I just, Jeez. I gotta not be So here. did you have your own room? Or how no, did that no, work? no. It's six dudes in bunk beds in a room. In a tiny Three bunk room. beds? Yeah. Three sets of bunk beds. Jesus. In a tiny little, like way smaller than this room. Oh my God. It's fucking awful, man. Dude, so how were people, like were people jerking off at night? Uh, no, everyone just jerks off in the shower, I think. All right. I At hope. the same time? Yeah, yeah. We all get together. <laughs> you grab the two guys on the other side. The alarms go off. And you have a good time. 6 a.m., you guys all just wake up, circle jerk in the shower. That was the best part of it, to be honest. Yeah. I and mean, everything else was shitty, but you're getting jerked off every day was okay. So how long were you there for? Four days. Oh, Jesus. Well, that's not too bad. You were no. just like, after four days, you were like, get me out. And yeah. Miller was like, I'm fine with this. This is conducive for my uh, lifestyle. Because yeah. me and Miller were going to get a place together. That was the whole plan. And so after like a day, I was like, Mill, I gotta get a place now. Yeah. Like I've gotta I gotta not be here. And he's like, I think I might just stay here. This guy like, just burned a bunch of DVDs. Why would we leave? <laughs> free DVDs, free winter gear, a hand job every morning. What, what do you want? <laughs> Sounds like a life. Oh, Jesus, heaven. Uh, so I went and stayed on Nick Beaton's couch for a while. That's what I did. Oh nice. And who was Nick living with him at the time? Uh, Bobby? Bobby. Uh, and they're still there, aren't they? Bobby like just that, moved out. Bobby Dylan's was... Dylan's in the yeah, it's House? cycled out. It's like the Canadian crack house. People just show up and right. live for a while. Uh, Dylan's the only Canadian. No, Mike Shear's there as well, who you wouldn't know, I don't think. No. I think he would have left before then. He, he's in a ska band now or something, 38 years after ska was popular. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ska could probably just fuck off and no one would care. I thought it did, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I didn't know it was still around. What's No Doubt stuff? Yeah. I thought that was the end of ska. Oh, you got a mohawk and a trumpet, eh? <laughs> so it's just Mike Shear's band and the Mighty Mighty Boston's are the only two ska bands That's left it. in the world. That's it. And well, they'll German. fight to the death, and then they'll figure it out. Yeah, so you you started sure. crashing on a on a couch. Now, as far as the shows were concerned, when did you feel like things started picking up steam? Like when it, when it went from like like a year in, like you were just grinding it, doing shit shows, just open mics, man, just full on back to open mics. But it's was it different from Gingers and the fact like you felt like there could be people there that could possibly help, or was it just about crafting the material yeah. and figuring out what was funny to these people? At that well, at that point, it was open mics with nobody at it. Right. So it was just, just doing it because that's what, what we doing. do because we're fucking weird. Yeah, trying to meet other comics. Right. And yeah. Figure yeah. out how the hell you're supposed to climb out of this shit. Like the first day I got there, the very first day I got there, when I landed, flew overnight, and uh, I went to go do a show that Millet had set up for me. He was like, he met this guy who's running open mic, and he was he sent him my video and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and not to be a dick, but it's a bottom of the barrel open mic. And he said, "That's the not guy, a dick. That's being a real." Well, no, but I'm not finished being a dick. Yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the setup to what right. I'm about to be a dick. Okay. 
<laughs> it's a shitty open mic. Like, people have no idea what they're doing. And I sent him an hour-long TV clip. Do you mean? <laughs> Not to be a dick, but I've clearly <laughs> done this before. Uh, and so I get there, and I was like, hey, so my buddy Dave, uh, he sent you my clip. I was wondering if I can just give five minutes. I'm just new. I just want to try this out here in this country. And the guy was like, yeah, he sent me the clip, but uh, uh, I didn't watch it, so no. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is new. This is, this oh is, my this is God. gonna work. Did he have a shitty uh, English accent? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh. For sure. And he's fu- he's gotten in fights with other comedians that I, I like since then. Oh, really? So it's not just me. He just he's just a fucking idiot. But yeah, dude, it was just for the first, at least seven months, it was just open mics. Like you weren't getting paid, You were, but you were working um, from from I, England. No, I was just, just doing, I'd saved up a bunch of money. Good for you. And I burned through it all. Good like for that you. seven months, burned through all of it. Burned through all my credit cards. Just fucking burned everything. Investing. Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Invested in a lot of sad beer and shit. Yeah. It was bad, man. It Were you was... drinking more? Uh, yeah. Just staying out later because you're doing shows and just beer is cheaper? Beer's cheaper. You can buy it from any off-license, like any store, any corner store, anything mm-hmm. you can buy beer. And so it was me and Beat and just complaining about life a lot. And you're doing a long-distance relationship? Long-distance relationship. A new long-distance relationship. We yeah. just started dating. Uh, it was really just a terrible time. It was really depressing. And, and Beaton hated it. Nick came back with great it. jokes about it, but just the fury oh, of his fucking Cape Breton self-loathing self. You know. I remember sitting outside this bar called the Hoot Nanny that we used to go to. Uh, it was uh, this half hipster, half black bar in Brixton, which is like the shitty part of London. Okay, which is right where we lived. We'd go to this bar every weekend because we didn't have gigs. So we go to the goddamn Hoot Nanny, and we just drink dollar beers outside of it until we were drunk enough to go in. Dollar beers? The beers are like a pound, like a pound for a tall can. Wow. Yeah, so you, can, you know, what are you going to go pay? That's like, what, $2 here? It's like $2, but it's <laughs> like a dollar to them because they get paid in pounds. Right, right? So yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's nothing. Like, you get four for four. Four tall cans are four pounds, usually. Mm-hmm. It's a great place to be a drunk. Yeah. And so I remember just sitting on this wall outside the Hoot Nanny as Nick would tell me his plans to go to Korea and teach. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, man, is this where we're at? <laughs> Sad living in the shittiest house, man, the fucking house, fight club house. It was just so depressing. There's those moments, though, where you do think, like, should I just go be a regular person? Like, yeah, is, Am I chasing just the stupidest thing right now? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that was what it was like. It was very, very, we might quit. Yeah. Um, and I'll, it all turned out, I got an agent eventually, and that's what kind of fixed it all. And how, uh, did, did that happen? I got that by, uh, cause the way that they, uh, find comedians is they do, over there they do a lot of, like, uh, new act competitions, is what they call them. So there's like 20 of these things, where if you're in the first couple of years, you can sign up and they pick winners out of that, and those guys get famous. You can like, get legitimately famous in England, it would I've seem. watched people get famous. Yeah. It's fucking weird, man. Like, you know how everybody here just shits on what we do? Because mm-hmm. there's nothing? Mm-hmm. It's not like that there. Like, people think it's a legit thing. And uh, I remember this dude who opened for me when I first started working is super famous now. Like, household name famous. No. Nah. Wow. Creepy, man. Like, yeah, you see him on TV all the time. You're like, what the fuck is it? And they, they, don't, understand. they don't understand that if you get on Canadian TV, you're not famous. Oh, no. Blows their mind. Yeah. So, they're like, have you done some TV? Like, yeah, we've all done TV a bunch. You know what I mean? Like, and they're like, so, like, do, do people recognize you? I'm like, no, Jesus, you are way off on this. There are very few recognizable faces in Canadian comedy. Yeah. Especially for, as stand-ups. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, who has done it just on stand-up? Nobody. Derek gotta, Edwards. Yeah. 
and uh, Ron James. Ron James, yeah. But like, yeah, Jerry crossed over into like TV and Darren yeah. and uh, you know Brett Butt. Brett Butt, yeah, he had to do the TV. Yeah, he had to do TV, and most of them have to do the states. Like Jerry D wasn't until it was in the yeah, states. last comic standing. DJ Demers just did that, America's yeah. Got Talent and looked great. Yeah, it looked fucking great yeah, well they can make people look great when they want to. well he's got a great story but he also had some really funny rebuttals like yeah, you know yeah. like he had some really quick funny stuff and looked comfortable everything was really coming off nice yeah you should really have gotten him for this podcast what's that you should really i hope i podcast. if he would have if he could have done this are you kidding me do you think i, I would have had you over dj demare as soon as i can get a death voice oh uh, yeah he just <laughs> be dj couldn't hear his phone ringing man <laughs> just couldn't get back to me uh, yeah that's gonna be big for him man that's gonna be huge it's huge he's already done conan um yep one homegrown there's there's very few and he is getting famous by leaving <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Like, well no he's not gonna get famous in canada if he's yeah. big you wouldn't like yeah no one's no gonna hand system. him a show here uh because we're fucked up and there's no money and bell has it all bell yeah it's uh they just gave darcy michael a show oh right did it get picked up think so good for him great jerry's got another show i keep saying jerry like we're just close you little chums. jerry d who uh would you like for him for a while i opened for him for a couple weekends yeah, yeah sure yeah yeah thanks uh his wife um <laughs> <laughs> they're nice people i like them oh they're great they're fucking wonderful i love them. Um, but yeah you just you have to get famous somewhere else before someone will even give you shit here it's very tough and you've since come back and you are living here in toronto i think so yeah and how are you liking it so far I love it life-wise. You it's... did Winnipeg this year. That was nice. Yeah, but I mean... You did. And I don't, mean, I don't want to sound ungrateful because I'm really happy with this, but it, it doesn't lead anywhere. Do yeah. Do you, I can't imagine how good a set you'd have to have at a festival like that to then get something out of it. Do you know what I mean? Well, Russell Peters' Comedy Now. Yeah, but that one. was a weird story. That's very different than he just it, did well. Yeah. Someone hijacked it in India. And put it on YouTube and... Uh... Put it up well before YouTube, but he put it on LimeWire. Oh, really? I yeah. thought it kind of blew up off of YouTube. Nope. LimeWire. I remember hearing the story from Ron. He was doping for him. Ron Jossel. He, uh, yeah. He, uh, it was LimeWire. It got shared all over Asia. And that's weird. Bear share and that kind of shit. Bear share? Bear share. Do you remember Bear share? You too young for Bear share? That sounds like Grinder before Grinder. I, I like this. You wish it was. <laughs> bear Two share? bears show up and just share you from <laughs> both ends. Like a rotisserie chicken, me. Just huh? spit roast on Bear share. It's a great app. You should get it. All right. It was uh, right after LimeWire. It was the same idea. But... Okay, and, and that's what really blew him up? Yeah. Yeah, then he got super famous off that. Gosh, comedy nows look so silly. Don't they look awful? They're just so weirdly lit, and they're, and there's clapping when there's no clapping, <laughs> and there's laughing when there's no uh, no punchline. It's just, it, it's, it's shocking to me that we here in Canada can't easily put together a stand-up show. Funny as hell looks beautiful. You ever see John Doerr's show? Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Lovely. Shot in Montreal. Paid for by Americans, I think. Oh, definitely. <laughs> it's HBO or HBO exactly. Canada or whatever it is. But why can't there just be like a black backdrop, even a nice brick wall, and just have some people in there? and Going all orange, bud. Oh, buddy. It's Let's been just... great. And that, uh, the intro. <laughs> and they got fucking spray paint going on the wall and you doing a bunch of dumb poses. Uh, and then it cuts to someone who's been doing comedy for two and a half years. Yeah. Here's an hour of them. Uh, uh. God love everyone who got it, and I would have taken it. They they just stopped him when I moved here, and I absolutely would have sold my, you know, like, sure. you just take whatever the gosh darn you can get. 
but uh, they, looking at them, you're just like, this looks like Canadian comedy. That's why people right. don't take it serious for uh, to a certain degree. Yeah. It, do- it doesn't look like the Netflix special that everyone's watching now, and they know what a good comedy special looks like. Yeah, and I mean, part of it is they shouldn't have been given out 16 a year or whatever. Like, there's not that many comedians in Canada to be able to do it. Right. And they gave it to everybody well before we were ready. I did an oh, hour yeah. on TV four years into comedy. That's not good. You were four years in at that four, point? Four, maybe four and a half years in. See, the way I always remember it, it was like you were the veteran. You know, and now I'm like yeah. seven years in. I think about you giving me advice of four years. Exactly. <laughs> you got no business doing any of that. No business, man. Yeah. Trying to tell people that they put an hour of your stuff on TV four years in. You're like, there's no way it could be good. Yours came off well. Yeah, but it's because there's a fake laugh. I kill at every joke. Yeah. There's a applause break. Yeah, God love it. Uh and oh, you had that uh, talk fast applause joke too. Oh God, don't remind me of that. Dennis. I want one of those. Don't do I, it. I just can't do it. I just don't can't. I just it. physically can't. It's I can't. Such a gimmick. Do you know what I mean? Some of them are really good though, and they just yeah. get you through that forty-five minute. Like I shouldn't say get you through. You enjoy it, but like it's nice to switch it up and to change gear and to get different things out of people. You know? yeah. Like there's little tricks to headlining that I'm watching people do, and it, and it seems enticing to have. I know, but the good guys do it without that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a nice filler, mm-hmm. but it's easy, and you could easily write Could you do it right now? That joke? No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have to but that's the thing, is that it completely well, it. takes you out of uh, it being spont- spontaneous, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it feels like you're having a conversation, and then all of a sudden you go into a 90-word rehearsed sentence. But it is impressive to them. It is. Because you, you manage to get a monologue down pat. Yeah, yeah that's it. you're being applauded for remembering that. Yeah, many words. basically. Oh my gosh, that was a lot of words. None yeah. of that was funny. But I mean, that was terrible as far as a joke is concerned. But Lord, were there words? Uh, what I hate, what I hate is seeing a joke like that in a, a during a show where somebody's not doing great. Yeah, and then they do this big long, and the audience is like forced to applaud. Oh like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's kind of tense for a second, and then you hear like a. All right, uh, so we're doing this. What do you think is the worst thing that? comics do early on early on or just in general uh sure or yeah in general like you know i think this podcast i'm trying to figure out how, how people made it and what and how others can learn from it you know like there's no real comedy classes outside of the ones you pay a lot of money for when you head out we- uh, west of the yeah, city which, but by the way we should start one yeah seriously right oh my gosh if there's young comics listening out there right now for twenty dollars a pop fifty dollars fifty dollars a pop you can come down and watch Peter and I argue about basketball. That's right. It's basically just us going to get high and play video games, so we'll tell you a joke or two. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can ask us and we'll field some questions. But uh, is there something that, you know, like, is there a difference? I, I don't know how to frame but you, you understand, like, is there a mistake that you see people making often in this business that's holding them back? I guess, but it's, it, it comes that weird thing where it's different for everybody. Do you know what I mean? Like, what I did that worked for me wouldn't work for somebody else. Yes. I mean, like, I think it depends what kind of person you are. Like, for me, I'm not a naturally charismatic, outgoing guy. I mean, I don't know if you've noticed this guy. He's a bit of a bitter old fuck. Get out of here. So, it was hard for me to be able to do... I had to write a lot. Because I knew... Even now, I can't go up and just riff. I mean, if I have a topic idea... I know a lot of guys do that to generate material. They go on stage with a topic and they riff about it. And I just... I don't have that. Yeah in me partially because i hate that awkward shitty feeling of trying to swim to find something <laughs> oh, that's so great oh uh, god when you're trying to get off a topic but you just can't leave without oh so there, anyway there's a comic in the city and i'll, I'll get back to that i'm very sorry but he no, no. has recently i've seen him in the last three times close his uh set by doing crowd work 
that leads nowhere. <laughs> he'll just like he'll be doing fine or whatever, and then all of a sudden he'll get the light, and then I'll be like, "What do you do?" And they'll be like, uh, "I'm an accountant." And I'll be like, "Nice. What do you do?" <laughs> like he's just literally asking people what they do. And then the last time I saw, there was a girl who was like, "You're rude." And, and he was like, "Well, fuck you." And then I'm just standing. I'm the next guy up. It's at the downtown club. I'm okay. like. Why? Why are you doing crowd? Just close on a joke. Why yeah. do you got to do this? If you're not good at crowd work, why are you so confident to end? You yeah. want to end on a laugh. Do it in the middle if you want to work on crowd work. If you're practicing crowd work, do it early. Yeah. And then tell a joke at the end. It's tough to rely on crowd work. Because you don't yeah. know, like, if uh, I see some... Keith Page was amazing at it. You see yeah. someone who's really good at taking uh, taking what they say and flipping it on its head. But there's very few that can can do that well. Yeah. You gotta be confident in that kind of guy originally, I think. And I just like I like a, a well written joke more too. You know, like I, yeah. I get it, things happen organically and it's nice in the room and that's fun to me too sometimes, but I I, I have a real respect for writing a joke. Well there's a certain uh, consistency to it that you don't always get with the crowd work guys. Mm-hmm. You see them I mean I've seen guys who only do that and they kill. Yes. And good on them. Yep. But uh it's kind of takes the fun, they never have to worry about uh, whether or not their jokes will work. That's yeah, but they also have to worry about whether or not it's going to look good on a DVD. Do you know what I mean? Like if you record crowd work, it doesn't oh, always God. come across the same the way. Todd Berry. Ah, oh, yeah, I, love, I was so excited for that, and then so disappointed when I saw it. Yeah, I just would prefer. Hope to watch he's not it, listening dude. to this podcast. Hey? <laughs> well, of course he is, Todd. Uh, Todd, thanks again just for sponsoring. Tag him eighteen times. <laughs> we did a podcast about Todd Berry. Yeah. He blocked me, but <laughs> we did it. Wait 58 minutes and you're going to hear the Todd Berry podcast. How often do you write? Uh, I don't pen to paper write that much anymore until I've got a bit worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do you, you just write it in your phone? No, I... You just think it and then you just remember it? How do you... I write the idea down. Like, if I have an idea, I'll write on my phone, but I'll rarely go back and look at it. I find the ones that work are the ones that I, I am just thinking about every day kind of thing. Like a premise. I try to do... I do longer bits now, I think. Like... Mm-hmm. A lot of them tend Stories. to be four or five minutes. Yep. Uh, so it's a lot of just me mumbling to myself all day about whatever topic I'm thinking about. You talk to yourself a lot? I do, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's stuff that I'm supposed to do on stage and figure out what works. Right. I'm too scared to do it on stage, so I still do it to myself. You're just muttering all day long, walking around your house. Yeah. Like I mutter crazy. something that I think is a punchline and yell at myself for it. You are 80. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not wearing pants <laughs> just either. Just crotchety. Just muttering oh, shit dude. to yourself. It's so sad. I've got like a little squishy ball now like that I'm just throwing off the walls the whole time as I'm muttering. Just insane. Oh, that's great. It's not a good person to be around. Do you throw out jokes after a, a certain time? Do you always keep them in your back pockets? No, I mean, I forget about over? a lot of them, to be honest. I've reminded you of jokes I've enjoyed and you're like, oh yeah, I should yeah, yeah, forget all about that. You should really do that more often. <laughs> yeah. Be my manager. Yeah, sure. Hey, idiot. But like, uh, going to England is a big part of that because the sets are so much shorter. So you forget everything you used to do. Because you, you had 45 when I left. and then But you only do 20-minute sets there. That's right. all you ever do is 20. Yeah. So you slowly whittle it down to your... And you're doing, you know, five sets a week, usually, over there. Five 20-minute sets or whatever, between three and five. So it's like you get that 20 and you forget about everything else. Right. And so a lot of shit has faded away. But I'm sure most of it's terrible. No. So. There's gems back there. So people. many gems back there. You gotta that, follow the breadcrumbs back. Buddy, now that you reminded me of that axe bit, that's how I'm gonna be doing. <laughs> you gotta open and close, forget if you told it already on There's stage. an axe on the ferry, everybody. I mean, what are we gonna do? What? Put a hole in this thing? Then we just sink. This but, the, is crazy. but then we drown. <laughs> Still better than going to PEI, I think, was the closer. Oh, my Still God. My God. That's Still good. How important is emailing? Uh, people like do you spend a majority of the day it, it would seem like 
the social aspect of this is uh, 50%. You know, it seems like it's a lot about getting at people, creating contacts, and networking. Do you do do that a lot? No, I'm really bad at it. Yeah? Uh, Do you intend on getting better, or are you just like, I'm going to get good on just my material and my crotchetiness? Well, the nice thing about England is I have an agent to do that shit for me. That's so, nice. I always say more hands in the in the pot are helping. You know, yeah. I, I don't have too many cooks in the kitchen. Well, this country is a tough place to get any of them. <laughs> sure. Without degrading any of the companies that we work for. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it, I, like it, it was it was odd to get like a real manager. As opposed to someone who's got a whole roster of uh, people that it doesn't matter. There's a company that doesn't need to search out other clubs that we work for now. That they just put you in spots. Right. But now I've got someone who you forget they technically work for you. Mm -hmm. Do you mean like we're paying them? Yep. So you forget that. So now I have a manager that I can. It's nice to have someone to call up and be able to yell at somebody when things aren't going well. Yeah. Have them actually work to make it. Your girlfriend's getting tired of it. Yeah. Well, you know, I just yell with my fists at her. (laughs) Uh, I don't beat my girlfriend no um i'm gonna edit that part out yeah please do fuck her beat her every day (laughs) just the don't she deserves every little bit i beat my girlfriend (laughs) i beat my girlfriend every day Uh, robot pete (laughs) so it's great that something like if i get a week with no shows i can call up and be like how why is there no shows this is terrible i need shows yeah and then they go all right well i'm working on it you go oh great i feel like i've done something you haven't done anything but uh it's 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 great to leave this country and find out what actually trying to have a career is like, because it's it's completely different. And do you think you'll always spend a portion of time uh, in England? Like, do you feel like you're creating contacts that you'll always sort of uh, use up, or is this sort of a short-term thing? How do you I'll, envision it? I'll always go at least a couple of months a year, mm-hmm. just for money, if nothing else. Right. Like, uh, get those pounds, baby. Get them pounds. The I work for the comedy store over there, which is like the. I guess the biggest club club like the the system's different over there. It's like you try to get in all the clubs, and then as soon as you're into the clubs, you try to get out of the clubs. Mm. Like the people who do well there do their own little tours. There's so many little like hundred seat theaters kind of thing that people do tours through hundreds of towns and just make the money that way. You never see them at clubs anymore. So like that's the goal, and so that's what Edinburgh is for, which I got to go do in August. Oh, nice! To Congrats. To get... Well, no, it's a fringe fest. Anybody gets in. Oh, I thought you had to apply for it of some sort. No, you, you mean you have to apply it technically, but they just let you in. There's no okay. merit. There's like 7,000 shows. Like it's, I don't understand. Oh, I, I think I've seen the picture uh, that you're using. I love it. What's oh, the name of the God. show again? Straight White Male is the name of the yeah. show. And wasn't there a picture? Are you shrugging? Are you shrugging in it? Um, uh, I expect a... No, I'm doing one of these. Ah, Wearing right. It says it. It it's, says uh, it on his, uh, for those of you who couldn't see, he pulled down his shirt. <laughs> those, of you could, those of you who could see, understand what's happening. <laughs> those of you peering through the window. <laughs> you fucking You creeps. got it. Uh, but yeah, so the idea is, like, uh, you only do 20 minutes in the clubs, but people do hours on these fringe show festivals. Mm-hmm. And then uh, people, like, there's people that are looking for the next one that's going to be big. And then they put that on tour through the country. I don't really understand how it works. But mm. apparently, if you go and do well, then they make you famous. That's what I've watched. And and you, you you wouldn't mind being famous. I think I'd hate being famous, but I wouldn't mind being successful. Rich would be nice. Rich would be great. Just to be, I'd just love to be at the point where whatever show you go to do, 150 people show up for you. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's enough. That's nice. Or they search out your, your podcast. Or they search yeah. out your, 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 if you're downloading, or if you're selling your DVD on your website. You know, like, it'd be mm. nice to... 
Yeah. Just and people enough. searching you on a regular basis. And... Yeah, that'd be weird. Some of them you didn't know previously. And then, then now they're just a big, giant fan of yours. Yeah. And they, they know your jokes. Yeah. Other than the occasional, like, creepy 52-year-old woman you get on Facebook, which happens every now and again. Yeah, I'll get those uh, if you click on the, like, message requests. Yeah. The, the unread. Every once in a while, I'll check those out. Careful. I saw you the other day. Oh, okay. All right. That's it's great. It's not I talk about my girlfriend on stage, and yet still some gal- gals will... Don't, don't care. <laughs> I, I remember the first time that happened to me uh was at oh shit white point beach resort in, oh in shit we used to go there for vacation back uh, back in the day my family Bunnies everywhere but uh, yeah my dog loved it jordan used to fucking try and <laughs> ravage them oh just trying his ass off They're too fast though so i did a show there uh i was probably a year in maybe a year and a bit with mark sove and paul ash Buddy, wow. murderers row. Oh God, Mark Silva. And fucking uh, Christ. Ooh, I like this. Do I get into a little it? controversy on yeah, that? Yeah, no, I'll save it for the next time we come. So yeah, we'll talk about this afterwards. Yeah. It's more fun. Uh, I actually don't mind Silva as a person. I hate him as a businessman. He still owes me money. Oh, uh, it's the worst. So we're doing the show, and I'm terrible. I'm a year in, but this woman came up to me afterwards. This I was maybe 23, and she was maybe not close to 23. <laughs> she would have been. 47 all right if i had to take a guess mm-hmm. and uh we're drunk it's after the show and she came up to me and she was like uh what's your room number i'll come come back to your room i'll come meet you there did she call you uh, sailor she i wish she had a, what I, <laughs> hey sailor would have said yes to that one <laughs> and uh i was like i had no intention to do it i had a long-term girlfriend at the time i was like well why don't you give me your room number and i'll go meet you there and she was like well my husband's asleep in there Oh, and I was like, I don't, I don't know how to deal the with this. The more, the merrier. I've been, I was a computer programmer up to eight <laughs> seconds ago. I don't know how to fucking deal with this. Yeah, have sex with a married woman. Yeah, who's twenty? So, like, who I wouldn't want to have sex. Yeah, anyway, do you know what I mean, like, it's not someone new. You're like, all right, I'll take the risk. It's like, and that's bold too. She's like, no, no, I'm coming to your place. Like, yeah. she's not taking no for an answer at this point. So no. go on. So like, she, like I'm not interested. I, I ran away. I think, to be perfectly honest with you, I think I just, just got out of there. Just yeah, like yeah, ran, <laughs> scatter something, smoke bomb. <laughs> no idea how to deal with that. But yeah, that's the old. That's the weird kind of people you get in comedy. That's the comedy groupies you try to explain it to people. Yeah, music. It's like a 19 year old girl in comedy. Oh, it's yeah. like a 53 year old divorcee. Yeah, who's just out with her, her her staff friends, and it's like <laughs> you know what, Daryl's out of town. This guy's been talking about his dick for 45 minutes. I'm going to give him a go. I bet I could buy this young man a drink and that'd be all it takes. <laughs> well, Peter, thank you uh, for doing this, man. Do you have any upcoming dates you want to play? Uh, no. I don't know. I'm in Niagara Falls at the end of the month. Great. Are you, uh, who are you working with? Uh, Shannon Laverty's I'm seeing. Oh, she's a solid, solid. She just got a standing ovation apparently uh, at the Downtown Yucks recording her album. Oh, she got a, and yeah, and got went back up. Really, encore. it's amazing. If I got an encore, I'd go back up and be like, I have nothing left. <laughs> I'm giving it all to you, idiots. I saw. I thought no, we we're trying to end, but I saw Manolis call his own encore once. No, we were. Uh, he was headlining Halifax, and he did his whatever time. And then he was closing up, and he's like, "Do you guys want to hear some more?" And they're like, "Ah, okay." Um, Depends. Are you gonna keep? <laughs> he died. He died. Oh, like that's great. What a beautiful human being. Uh, oh, the best. I was just working. I just saw him in Hamilton. Oh, he's great. So uh, I'm in Hamilton this weekend, uh, and I'll be uh, yeah doing. doing Go see shows. Kyle. No, don't do that. Uh, but you can download Peter's album uh, on iTunes. It's called Great White, and uh, that's uh, doing great right now.
It's huh? not, but buy it. It's doing better. <laughs> Still purchase it. Thanks, Pete, for coming, man. Thanks, buddy. Bye. <laughs> there you have it. Oh, that wasn't cool at all. Well, that no, the conversation was just my there you have it wasn't. My conversation was great, and I hope you guys liked it. That was Peter White. Make sure you check out Peter White's Twitter. It's Peter A White. That's with an at sign at the start. He's not doing anything you guys aren't doing. Thank you guys again. Subscribe, rate, and make sure you check out How Am I Doing Again next time. I've been calling.